welcome to Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula. I am very pleased to be joined today by good friend and better broadcaster, Josh Peterson. <laughs> Josh, how are you today? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. So we have a very, it's a little bit different show for you today. I thought maybe with the, uh, we'll call them struggles of yes. Nebraska football. Yeah. Uh, although it's one way to describe it, didn't lose by 20 to UC Riverside. So better off than the basketball team this year. Oof, That's a tough look. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. Tough start to the Hoiberg era, (laughs) but obviously there's been some consternation, uh, regarding the, the football program, Mm -hmm. uh, in recent weeks, especially. And I've had this idea for a little while where I believe that there is a point in every coaching era every coaching career since Osborne where if one game flipped the other way it could have changed everything for that specific coach because I don't know if if you feel the same way but I for the most part I kind of feel like college football coaches are very similar to like NFL quarterback draft prospects in the sense where there's a handful of them that are going to be good regardless of the place you put them in Mm -hmm. but most of them are very situation dependent on their success yeah like Patrick Mahomes obviously he's been one of the most exciting players in the NFL the last couple of years and I, I think that if he ends up anywhere else he's probably really good he's, but and how, he's, how valuable is it that he got to co- you right. know sit under sit for a year behind Alex Smith sure. but also get coached by Andy Reid who Andy, might be like the best quarterback yeah. coach in the NFL like over the last 20 years absolutely and you know as much as Andy Reid gets crap for not being able to read a clock or all those things yes <laughs> whatever all of, all of which is justified his ability to develop quarterbacks is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. And so you look at a guy like him, or you look at his the guy that he sat behind, Alex Smith, where he was in a horrible situation for in San Francisco for a long, long time, and finally he got a good coach, and yeah. boom, all of a sudden he's good. Exactly. Was Harbaugh he, shows up, and then he changes his career. Was he a markedly different quarterback at that point in his career than he was when he started? I don't think so. No, he just had a much better coach, and he put him in, in much better situations. And then when Alex Smith then goes to Kansas City, you continue to see the growth and development that he has as yeah, a player. he went from the, Jim Harbaugh to yeah. Andy Reid. Exactly. Good situations. And then he goes to San Fr- or, uh, to Washington. I obviously understand he was hurt last year, but I, I, he was not what he no. had been in those prior years. I think Jared Goff is another great example. Oh, 100%. Of, you know, I know he only had one year under Andy Reid, but so bad there. And then, or Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher, excuse yeah, yeah. me. And then... They get um, Sean McVay, and now he, you know, is a, he has this guaranteed contract, the most money guaranteed to a quarterback of all time. Which, uh, and he was one of those guys that to me is super obvious mm-hmm. would not be good. Like if Sean McVay is gone, that's going to go really poorly exactly. for Jared Goff, yeah. right? I mean, I don't care how many years you gave him under Jeff Fisher, that wasn't going to happen. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's why that's why Cliff Kingsbury got an NFL job, right? He, it's not because nobody was like, oh, he's a, he had a, such a great career at Texas Tech. It was because, okay, if you get the quarterback right, everything else is fixable. Yep. You know, and they believe Cliff Kingsbury could get the quarterback right. So that being said, I believe college football hires are very similar in the sense that if the situation is correct, a lot of guys can be successful. And there's only a handful of guys that can be successful in the worst of situations. Like Saban, you throw him anywhere, probably going to be fine. Yep. You know, Urban. Urban Meyer, as yeah. much of a sleazeball as he is, you put him anywhere, he's probably going to be fine. Yeah. There's a handful of those dudes that are just good to go regardless. Those are your those are your Peyton Mannings of the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
even even Tom Brady, as great as he has become, I think was very situational in the way his career started. For sure, I think Nat, like you know, there's a certain point, you know, five yeah. years in where you could have dropped him anywhere and, and he's he would have been fine. Yeah. He's ready to go. But the start of the career, very much the same way as the start of a coaching career, I think is very dependent on the situation. So yeah. I wanted to go back and identify if there was a single moment, and in most cases, a single game where. If it had gone the other way, each of the last, uh, what are we at, five now, coaches? Solich, yes. Callahan, Pelini, Riley, Frost. Yep. So each of the last five, five coaches. coaches. Man, five coaches. Oof. Five coaches. Since 98. I mean, They had two coaches really, from 62 to 97. Well, they had two coach. They had won three coaches from 62 to 2003. Yeah, exactly. So that's 40 years they had three coaches. Yeah. And they've had five in the last 16 years. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. <laughs> that's it's not absolutely crazy. ideal. No, no. Needless <laughs> to say. So, but I believe that there's a point in each of those guys' tenures where it could have flipped and they could have been successful. Mm-hmm. Now, it's less likely for some of them than others. Um, Callahan, for example, I think it's harder to make an argument that he would have been successful at any point. But that being said, I do think there are uh, there are some arguments to be made. For example, just so you get an idea of what I'm talking about here. And this one's a little different because it was actually a loss. In Tom Osborne's career, he had a game, it was the 1992 Orange Bowl following the 1991 season where they lost to Miami 22 to nothing. Mm-hmm. I believe losing that game set them up to win three championships in four years because they realized they were not getting the type of athletes they needed to yeah. to compete with the Miamis of the world. Yeah, that was that's such an interesting game, Ravi, because it's kind of like the last hurrah of of old Nebraska in terms of like the five two and, yeah. and you know like that was right before of course they signed Tommy Frazier. Yep. And it, so it's really a nice dividing line. And I think you're right. You know, this the the struggles that they had late eighties, early nineties, as miserable as that period probably was to be a fan or even to be inside the program, without that they don't have the they run that make they do. The they, like, let's pretend they don't win a national championship, but maybe they're losing in, in closer games sure. or, or they, they win maybe an extra conference or two. They Maybe they don't lose to Colorado a couple times. You wonder what that eventually means for them in the 90s and, it, sure. and if it ends up being, you know, what it was. And so I, I think that's a really good point. With You know, that was kind of this nice dividing line and everything really changed after that. Yeah, and, and so even, you know, say they lose that game – 22 to 19 instead of 22 to nothing does that change you know and so it's very I think there's singular points sometimes where you can point to and say hey this is where everything changed yep that was it for Osborne Um, for Nebraska I think there's been several of these over the course of the last 20 years basically totally and for me it starts with hiring Frank Solis Mm -hmm. because and this can't be overstated Nebraska was Alabama. Totally. I mean, current-day Alabama, that was Nebraska in 1997. Three championships in four years. They've gone 60-3 and three over the past five. 60-3 and three over five years. Yeah. Let that sink in for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Um, so they could have had literally anybody in the country that they wanted. Anybody. And they hired the running backs coach from their own staff. <laughs> that's a... That's when you put it that way... <laughs> Yeah, I, it's a tough look. I get that he had been promised the job. Yeah, by Osborne. But also, Osborne wasn't the AD. No so one's really ever accused Osborne of being a great guy at hiring coaches. Not a terrific administrator. No, no. no he wasn't as That's, an athletic director, and certainly the decision to hire Frank is a, is an interesting one, to say the least. So here's I get that I get that Osborne was a god at this point, mm-hmm. but he also had no actual hiring power. Mm, well, he, and yet he did. Yeah. <laughs> 
And yet he did because he <laughs> promised the job to Solich, and then he he made the announcement. This is always it's such a crazy story. But he he you know announced his retirement that he was handing the job off, and Byrne wasn't even there. Yeah. Byrne was on the phone, like they had a speakerphone set up, and that's how Bill Byrne was listening in to all of this. And it, it makes sense, all the sense in the world, as to why he you know he left only a few years later. When you're an athletics director, you you of a big time program yeah. like. Nebraska football, Florida State football, um, Duke basketball, Carolina. Like sure. you are judged on on who you hire. You're judged for, basically on one hire. Yes, for the, for the, each of those programs, yeah. you're you're judged on one hire. The sport that your school cares about the most, you are judged on that hire. Bill Byrne was unable to make that hire, and then I think he, you know, I think he bounced out because he didn't want to fire Solich so and, I, and deal with all that crap. I have, I have a take here. Okay, I believe you could have spun it. Now I haven't listened or watched the press conference in a very long time. Yeah, same. But I believe Byrne could have spun it as Osborne is handing off interim duties to Frank Solich, mm -hmm. and in the meantime, we will start our coaching search. Oh, man, if they, if he would have pulled that, that would have been so interesting because... I mean, you have to, though. If you're the AD, you oh, yeah. have to. Yeah, I mean, he got hamstrung. He, he got, got hamstrung. I mean, he got castrated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Yeah, seriously. Let's be honest. No, seriously, yeah. He was like, it was like when I took Roggy to the vet, and he came back without any of his boys. Oh, RIP the boys. That's right. Yeah. He he still doesn't like going to the vet. <laughs> <laughs> or getting in the car, for that matter. He's like, I know where this thing can go. Where? What are you going to remove from me this time? My leg? <laughs> He's like, I'm going to have not a leg? I need all of my body parts that are left. <laughs> um, but no, I mean... He was he was completely neutered mm -hmm. as an athletic director. You can't allow that to happen. You say, you know, Coach Osborne, uh, you know, we appreciate everything he's done. Coach Solich will absolutely be uh, involved in the hiring process in terms of he'll get a shot to interview and everything like that. You can't let the outgoing coach make that hire. He's not qualified to do that. Yeah. And so there are some names that I had heard that the AD had been interested in at the time. At the time. Yeah. And this, what, real quick, this always sucks because it is all truly rumors because there has never been definitive, like, Bill Byrne has never come out and said, here's who I wanted to hire. It's always well, like. And it's also pre internet, so you can't go back and, like, there, you can't go back and boards, see archives and be exactly. like, hey, this is, this, you can yeah. kind of document. Plus, Solich made, or uh, Osborne made the decision himself. And so it really was Osborne decided who the next coach was going to be, and then he handed it off. And so there's, there was no coaching search, there was no discussion. Yeah. It just, it kind of happened that way. So, yeah. We're going a little bit based off of rumor and also trying to figure out in, you know, 1997, who the coaches that, that even yeah, they would consider. Who are the up and coming. And, exactly. and obviously, and I tried to do this in context of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Of, okay, I know. You can't be like Nick Saban. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you can't go and be like, okay, because he was coming off of like a six and six year at Michigan State at the time, right? Exactly. So now he was only two years from being hired at LSU. Yeah. So. You can look at that as well, but it, it's you have to try and contextualize where, who they were at the time of the hiring. Exactly, right? yeah. So the guys that I had heard all along were Mac Brown, yep, who was coming off I think like three straight ten win seasons at North Carolina. They got ten, North Carolina. And, ten and one in nineteen ninety seven. The lone loss was to a Florida State team that was in the midst of their incredible yeah. run. Um, but yeah, they had gone. I think that game was number one versus number three when it was played. Was Florida State versus North Carolina three versus five? Okay, because yeah. Nebraska was number one. That was the weekend of the oh, Missouri that, that's game. Right, that's yeah, right. it's an insane weekend of football. Yeah, so he had gone ten and one, ten and two, seven and five, eight and four, ten and three, nine and three. That was the last six years. They'd gone to six straight bowl games under him. They had finished tenth 
1996. They, they, they finished fourth in 1997. So he was obviously, his star was rising, and of course he would have gone to, you know, he ended up going to Texas and, and having the career he did there. Yeah, so you've got, I've always heard Mac Brown, mm-hmm. and again, he was immediately, that year was hired for the Texas job. Yep. That very year, so it's easy to say he was a hot coach, he was yep. going to a major program regardless, yeah. Yeah. he was leaving North Carolina. That's the name I've always heard. Now, there's another name that I had heard, and I've literally only heard it from one person, but they were working in the Nebraska Athletic Department at the time. Interesting. And that name is Jim Trestle. Interesting. I've never heard that at all. He had was just coming off of an FCS National Championship at Youngstown State. And he's a few <laughs> years away from getting hired by Ohio State. Uh, I believe just two. I believe he got hired in 2000 at Ohio State. Uh, after the 2000 season. Yeah. So his first season okay, was so 2001. Three, so yeah. Three. yeah. So... But you're right, yeah. He, he won the national title in 97. Uh, was coming off of, I think, four national titles in seven years. Correct. And was just had it going. Yes. Right? And you also have to remember, okay, if Ohio State hired this guy, it wouldn't have been that absurd for Nebraska to hire this guy. Yeah. Um, so that's and, – and again, I had only, I've only heard that name one time ever connected. I mean, after, you know, there was some weird rumors when See, Riley got hired. Yeah. But – that's the only time at, for that specific hiring where I heard Jim Tressel. But, again, it was someone who worked in the athletic department at the time. Yeah, the other one that I have heard, and I don't know if you have this name listed too, and this might be just total revisionist history, but I have heard that Bill Byrne apparently was a little high on Bob Stoops, which, you know... that He is on my list. Okay, see, so because that's an interesting idea. Um, at the time, he was at Florida. He was their defensive coordinator and assistant head coach. He'd been there. He got hired after 1995 because he had been at Kansas State. He had seen the Nebraska offense. Spurrier hires him. He's there for three years. And then he gets hired by Oklahoma in 1999. I have, obviously, once again, no idea if that is even true or if that is one of those things to make Byrne look better. Like, oh, yeah, he really wanted Bob Stoops. Yeah, it's apocryphal, right? Did he he really want Bob Stoops? Or did he see Bob Stoops win the national title in 2000 and be like, oh, man, we should have hired Bob Stoops. It's like all the people like, yeah, you know, if we could have drafted Patrick Mahomes, we would have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Like, okay. Chill out, guys. Like, if you would have really wanted him, maybe you would have traded up in the right. draft. Like, let's settle down a little bit. And not trade it up to get, I don't know, Mitch Trubisky. I, you know, whoever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't do that, Bears. Is there any other names that you've heard? I So those are the only names that I had heard. Yeah. After that, I... Uh, were there any other names you heard? No, those are the only two that I've, and, and the Trestle one's interesting, those are the only two that I've ever heard in terms of, like, these are who Bill Byrne was interested Wanted, in. Yeah. Right. And I think the Mac Brown one, I think enough people have said that over the years. I think there's where there's, where there's enough smoke there, I think there's yeah, fire Yeah, and I, there. I think, you know, it was funny, as I was putting this together, and we're about to get into the games, um, I, I, like, he, that's a really interesting idea. He's a great recruiter, and I think... You know, he is so folksy. I think he would have fit in around here really well. Like he I seemed, think it would have been fine. Yeah, I think he would have been okay. He he always embraced Nebraska and the program as as a, a visiting head coach. He always talked this place up. Like he is an outsider. He would have been an outsider. But I, I don't know, man. Like but I, he I just also endears himself to the media. That's why he lasted so long at Texas. Texas yeah, exactly. Because Texas the Texas head football coach is kind of it's it's like the second most powerful position in Texas after governor. Yeah, seriously, right? and like, it might be more powerful. Like the only, well, I, they can't execute people. I don't think so. I think that's the only difference. That's true. <laughs> Maybe back in 1950 they could, but yeah, you're right. The Texas governor so and the Texas head football coach. I think that's the only difference in terms of power. Yeah, um, is they they can legally execute you <laughs> legally. Um, <laughs> but legitimately, I think that would have played really well in Nebraska because 
you know how much Nebraska fans want access to the football coach. Yep. That's been that's been one of the one of the complaints about Frost. Oh yeah. It was always a complaint about Pelini. It was probably the only thing people liked about Riley. <laughs> Was that yeah, seriously. He would sit there and give you a 45-minute presser and give you whatever answers you wanted, even if he was mispronouncing his players' names. <laughs> a Zigboo. Zigboo. <laughs> but... My God. <laughs> My God. Can't wait to get to his uh, sliding door game. Even that guy went 9-4 and four in his second season. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so uh, the people that I wanted to bring up that I hadn't heard but I think would have been interesting or made sense. Okay. Now, I think we both agree Mac Brown would have made sense. I don't know if he wins a national title here, but I think he does pretty well just because of the pure recruiting. Yeah. I think you do okay. Yeah. And a lot of his, I think, if he had brought in the right coordinators and stuff to actually run football, yeah. he'd have been fine. That would have been really interesting to see, like because, of course, it was an option team, so he would have had an option offense rather than, and it's not like they were you know pro-style. They and were I just don't like, think a little more normal. Well, and I don't think Mac Brown cares what kind of offense No, he running. just wants to win. Yeah. I mean, so, look, look at the offense they had like, with Major Applewhite compared to Vince Young. It's sure. an entirely different which I'll give I'll, I'll give Mac Brown credit for. He identified, hey, this is what Vince Young's good at. Yeah, exactly. This is what Major Applewhite's good at. Yeah. Let's run what they're good at. Yeah, for sure. You know, which and then they won a national title. To me is, uh, you know, a sign of a pretty good football coach. Yeah, I, I've always thought that the Mac Brown hate is a little bit much. You know, I know, like, yes, like I my cohort in the afternoon, he doesn't like him because, you know, outside of like 98 and 99, Texas always was the better team, and yet Nebraska kept it close in every year except for one. And so he's like, that proves that, you know, even the 2007 god-awful team, sure. they were up in the second half against him. So I understand that. I've always thought he's a really good coach. Um, he's obviously a great recruiter. Oh, yeah. And I think that he would have fit in pretty well around here. I really do. I really do. So we both agree. I think Mac Brown would have been a good hire. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Nick Saban. I wanted to bring him up because he was only a couple years away from being hired at LSU. After 1997, he was coming off of a 7-5 and five season at Michigan State. I don't think that is a practical name. Yeah. But because of who he is now and because he wasn't that far away from getting hired by an SEC program, I wanted to make sure we brought him up. For sure. One guy that I think would have made all the sense in the world, and I don't know if he was successful enough at the time, but... I think because of his ties to Nebraska, still would have gotten a look, is Barry Alvarez. See, now that is a really interesting idea, and you wonder in that moment, which was, you know, right before he ended up going to a couple of Rose Bowls in a row, but he had already been to one in the... Uh, he'd been to one in 93. Yeah. See, that's a really interesting and idea. And then he was coming off, he'd only had, after getting started at Wisconsin, when they were god-awful. Mm-hmm. Hey, he went 1-10 his first year. One and ten, five and six, five and six makes the breakthrough in the Rose Bowl. He'd coming off a, a couple of eight and five seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, was about to go eleven and one and ten and two in ninety eight and ninety nine respectively. I think if he had gone, now listen, Osborne was going to hand it to Solis regardless. Yeah, but I think it would have been really interesting if he had gone those te- that eleven and one and ten and two in ninety six and ninety seven. Yeah, because he does have that Nebraska tie. Yep. You wonder if Osborne would have been a little bit more open. That's a great idea. And Barry Alvarez is obviously a really good coach. And fans would have loved him because he would have done exactly, he would have kept everything exactly. Nothing the same, would have changed, yeah. Which is what they w- liked about Solich. Yeah. And you wonder, I mean, you want to talk about a sliding doors moment. If Alvarez comes in, what does that mean for the rest of, of time? You know, and right. what is, where is the program sitting at right now? I love that idea because he obviously he was really, really good. You know, he ended up going to what, three Rose Bowls. He coached in another after 2012. When uh, when what's his bucket when Bielema left, left to Arkansas? Yeah. I like that idea. That's a fun one. I think that one 
out of any of the names on the, on my list, that one makes the most sense to me mm-hmm. of, of an outside hire. Yeah. It, aside from Mac Brown, who was just the best, the, the best, best available in yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah. Because like at the time, you know, Bowden wasn't going to leave. Um, Bowden wasn't going to leave. Spurrier wasn't going to leave. Yeah. Paterno wasn't going to leave. Phil they were Fulmer rolling. wasn't going to leave. Yeah. Because yeah, th- that's really the list of like the best coaches in the country at that time. I went through. I literally went through a list of every single Division One head football coach in 1997. And these were the ones I came up yeah, with. Yeah, no, it's a good list. It really is. Um, and the last one, and we mentioned him, was Bob Stoops. Yeah. He's the only assistant I had on the list because I figured if they weren't giving it to a Nebraska assistant, they probably weren't going, giving it to someone else's assistant. Yeah. But this was the year before he got hired at Oklahoma. And we know He's what happens. coming off a national championship a year prior mm-hmm. at, uh, at Florida as a defensive coordinator. And then he turns into Bob Stoops. Yeah. So, and he obviously he fit in well in Oklahoma, so he would have fit in well in, that's in the Nebraska. Thing. Like the yeah. cultures are not that much different, no. which I think is why we hate each other. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> it's the Nebraska Iowa thing, right? Yeah. As much as we hate Iowa, it's it, almost the same place. It is. It really it may be a little <laughs> bit more lib, but otherwise it's pretty much the right? same thing. So those are my coaches. Did you have anybody else? No, though no, that's I, I like that list. I love the idea of Alvarez. That's so interesting. I think that that's the that's the most interesting one to me because it would have fit seamlessly. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's get to the actual games. For me, so we're starting off with Solich. He's the one that actually got hired, mm-hmm. despite the, our sad, won- <laughs> despite our wonderful list. Yes, he's the one that actually got hired. And for me, I think it starts. And I know this was only his second year. Hmm. I think we're gonna have the same game, Texas, nineteen ninety nine, for sure. It's. I think I wrote this down, Robbie. The first sentence I wrote after nineteen ninety nine Texas. It is the easiest pick of them all. Because it's the only loss that they had that entire season, and of course you don't know if they win in the BCS title game or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Do they do they beat Florida State? Do they do you know? Do they finish undefeated? Do they do they maybe lose to Colorado later in the year? And who knows? Because you know, I think I think people are kind of figuring out how we feel about Solich. Um, <laughs> but but it's the easiest pick because it's the only loss that season. And here's the thing: if they win a national title that year, everything changes. It does. It really does. Not uh, not only not only for his recruiting and everything, right? Because if you win another national title, recruiting kind of takes care of itself. Yeah, and I, the one thing, because I agree with you to a, like a, I'll like go onto the ledge with you, but I almost don't want to jump off because like they were still a bad recruiting staff. Like I just sure. didn't think the effort was there. And this was also right about the time, I mean, McBride retires after 1999. Yeah. And, you know, and, and other guys are getting old and they're a couple of years away from getting fired. Um, but still, I mean, it's the easiest one because it really might add one extra national title to sure. the list. So even if everything else is the same afterwards, you get one more title. And that I, I've always maintained if you're ranking the best teams in the 90s, 1995 is, of course, number one. I've always thought 99 is better than 94, 97, 96, sure. you know, 93. I think 99, it's just their head coach wasn't as good as, yeah. as the, the ones that I just mentioned. Um, but I, I thought Crouch was incredible. The running back depth was great. It might be one of like the truly last great offensive lines that this program oh, has had. Sure. And then the defense is loaded. You got the Browns in the secondary, Kyle Vandenbosch up front, Carlos Polk in the linebacking court. It's a it's a, just a it's a loaded, loaded football team. Without a doubt. And I have to say that championship game against Florida State would have been an all timer. Because that Florida State oh, team man. was loaded as well. Seriously, that could have been because that's the year, of course, that they played Vic. Um, yeah, they played Vic and Virginia Tech in the in the uh, Sugar Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Yeah. and they, they ended up winning by 17. They were up by 21 at one point. Yeah. Before. But it was close. Like, Flo- Virginia yeah. Tech had Virginia come Tech back. Virginia Tech took the lead. I yeah. mean, it was it was 28-7. to 7. Florida State was up. Virginia Tech comes all the way back, takes the lead 29-28, yeah. and then Florida State goes on a 18-0 run. They win 46-29. Like the Browns guarding Peter Warwick, you know, say Peter two Warwick, NFL guys. Ron Dugans was uh, their other guy there. Uh, Lavernius Cole was on that team. 
uh, briefly. I think he got kicked off. <laughs> and I just thought Chris Winkie was always like not very good. Like he was just a guy. He was with, a great college quarterback. Yeah, and and he was he had a great situation. He's like yes. Ken Dorsey a couple years later with the U. Yeah, you've got great offensive line and the defense. You had I think. Two guys from the line go to the NFL. You had two linebackers go to the NFL. I think mm. three other defensive backs go to the NFL. I mean, it was loaded on both sides if those two teams played. Yeah. Would have been one of the most compelling championship games I think we ever would have seen. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we both agree. I mean, obviously, we both agree on the game. So let's move on to... Yeah, real quick, or, I want to ask you, because I had an honorable mention. Okay, um, yeah, But yeah. I want to ask you a question. Are we being idiots for not saying the 2002 Rose Bowl? Because, like, that literally is a national championship game? Because, I, I, like, on this list, I only have one blowout... But I had to include it, um, and I'll get to the reasons why a little bit later. But are we being unfair by not talking about the Rose Bowl? Because literally it's a national championship game. Here's my here's my argument there. Okay, I think it was too late for Solich at that point. Probably, but because I mean, man, if they... The talent know. had eroded so far. Yeah. And so you'll see, you'll see kind of a... A lot of my games come early uh-huh. in a coach's tenure, for sure, because I think those are where the turning points. Happen, I know, uh, I and right? I, I, I like that idea. And so, yes, you, you, it changes Nebraska history in the sense that they get okay, an extra title. They get an extra title. You probably can't fire Solich for at least five more years. See, and that'd be yeah, that's the sliding door of it all. How but, long does he last? Right. Yeah. I mean, five, is maybe ten thing? more years. Yeah. But that's the argument. Yeah. Is I think he still falls off pretty. I think the fall off is the exact same for him. Two thousand two is probably not that much different. Two thousand two is probably the exact same. Yeah, the only thing that changes two thousand three probably is not is probably worse because they're not making all these. They're staff not changes. making the staff changes. Yeah, the thing that the 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 biggest argument against what you're saying, and I agree with you for the most part, would be that the psyche of the program is not as beaten down going into two thousand two. Like they get killed by Colorado, they get killed by Miami. And it was a pretty downtrodden program, and they got off to a 3-0 start the next year, but they weren't impressive, and no. then they go to Happy Valley, and they just get bludgeoned. So. I, I guess my argument is the talent would have been the same, yeah. more or less. I added one more honorable mention real fast. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I said 2,000 Kansas State. Not 2,000 Oklahoma, but 2,000 Kansas State, because if they win that game, that and they the were up. Is that the face mask game? No, that's, that's year one. That's 1998. Okay, okay, okay. 2,000, it's a snowy game, but if Nebraska wins that, they win the North, and they have a rematch with Oklahoma. Oh, sure. And I don't know, man, like... I, I've always thought, like, I love 99, but I've always thought 2000 kind of gets lost in the in the annals of discussion because they, they lost two games. But they were up 14 nothing against Oklahoma, yeah. and then Oklahoma had that goofy catch on the ground, one-armed. And I think if they – and I didn't want to include Oklahoma because who knows what it means, but Kansas State literally means they win the division. Yeah. And I think they could have beaten Oklahoma a game in Kansas – or in, uh, in Missouri, in Kansas City at Arrowhead later that year. So I just wanted to throw that out there as an idea because if they win – a rematch against and Oklahoma, they might play for the national title. Still early enough, yes, to change the culture and the pro- the prospects yeah. of his coaching. Because I'm pretty sure if you go back and look at the stats, like Solich never won a road game against a ranked team, and I so Kansas right. State yeah. is another one of those. That would have been a big. It would have been huge. Yeah, you know, it really absolutely. would have been. So yeah, that I just want to throw that out there. Those are both. Those are both very good points. And for me, ironically, even though it doesn't mean a national championship, the Kansas State one is more appealing to me in terms of changing things for Solich and yeah. the program in yeah, general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on to Callahan. Cool. This was a little bit harder. <laughs> it was. I had, like, an obvious one, and then I actually changed it um, this morning when I was putting this list together. So I have two here, but okay. they're connected. All right. I mine are both in the same season. Mine are in different seasons. Okay, cool. So we're going to be different on at least one of them. I think if they win either USC game, Oh, wow. So I didn't have those written down at all. Here's And this is – so I, I think we've – I think I'm finding what, what we're doing different here, which I like. Mm-hmm. I'm going more like big picture, psyche of the program, metaphorical, 
like that type of thing. Yeah. And you're going more like, okay, if they win this game, they win the division, yeah. they, which I like, yeah. right? Because we're looking at it from a different perspective, and that's why I wanted to bring you in. I think if they win, cause especially, so in 2007, they put everything on that USC game, they right? They did, yep. And if they, listen, maybe they just weren't a good football team, but if they are able to beat USC in that game, I think it possibly changes enough where they think, okay, we can do this. This is who we are. Yeah. Right? Because it wasn't... Because that was a mentally fragile that team after that game. That was an existential crisis for them. Yeah. Losing to USC 49-31. In a game that was not even that close, really. Not even close. No. That was an existential crisis because they went from, okay, we are this good. We think we're this good. We're definitely this good to, oh, crap, we're bad. Yeah. And to me, I think if they had beaten USC in either year, that it would have fixed that existential crisis. Yeah. I get that 2006 wasn't the, in terms of their, what they put on the game and how they viewed the game was, was totally different. But I think they viewed the 2007 game differently if they've already beaten USC in 2006. Yeah, I, the, the only argument that I would have against 2007 is just that team ended up being so bad. That they did. I, I just don't know, like, getting a win against them, it doesn't fix the problems that the defense had physically. But obviously, mentally, that, that program is in a much better place. Well, so here's my argument there, is if you look at the talent on the 2007 defense... I think you're okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a, basically the same defense as 06. That, well, it's same defense as 06. It's a lot and 06 of the same, was pretty solid. It's a lot of the same defense that Polini crushed with as soon as he got there. Yeah. So I think if you're able to keep their psyche intact, the end of the season goes very differently for the defense. Because a lot of yeah. that's like a confidence execution thing, in my opinion. Now, the coaching wasn't great, obviously. Yeah. But I think a lot of what Polini did for that group was instill confidence, be fast, get to the ball, you know, mm-hmm. do those things yep. where I don't know that schematically, especially early on, I don't think Bo did anything crazy schematically no. to say, okay, this is how we're going to make this defense, this ragtag group of guys. It's yeah. like, no, hey, I've got really talented dudes. Yeah, they're we loaded. need to give them confidence. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I think if they beat USC, they have that confidence. And maybe it carries them throughout the rest of the season. Maybe it doesn't. But you're right. The fact that that thing just goes into a dumpster fire yeah. makes 2007 a much harder argument. So the the two that I wrote down, it's funny. So they're two completely different games, but they're both from 06. Okay. Um, my honorable mention is Texas that year um, because that's long been this game that I've looked at as as just like, oh, my gosh. You know, if they win that game, it 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 changes everything. It's a, it's a home win against a ranked team. I thought Callahan had an excellent second half, yada, yada, yada. But I'm going to go with another defined, if they win this game, they get an actual reward in it, and that sure. is the Big 12 championship game later that year. Um, yeah. It, they, they have not, of course, won one since 1999. If they win one in 2006, it's their first conference championship. And and look, like in hindsight, yeah, people will rip on Callahan, and, and it's understandable, but I mean, it was a program that was better year after year. They were 5-6 and six his first year. Yeah. Then they went eight and four, and going into that game, they're nine and three. You know, so they they have improvement for sure. They win two games more in the regular season. They'd gone seven and four in the regular season in two thousand five. So they'd gone nine and three. So they added a couple of wins, and if if they win that game, like I've heard, I've heard stories of Callahan talking. I don't know if it's like on or off the record about like how big that game was for recruiting. Like that they needed yeah. something to point to the obvious growth. The proof of concept. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you beat Oklahoma, which like look, that wasn't a great Oklahoma team by they were any means. Tenth in the country at the time they yeah. played. I yeah, mean, but they're a top ten team. It's it's your first conference championship. 
you know, the interesting thing is they go to the Fiesta Bowl and they play Boise, which, you know, we always we remember Boise, Oklahoma, right. and all that stuff. And so you wonder what that means. But you get a conference title. And, and, and because after they lose that game, and then they go and they lose to Auburn. And so they have this goofy 9-5 and five record, which, like, right. everyone loves 9 wins. But 9-5 and five does not, not, not sounds like record. an NFL record. You yeah. know, it doesn't sound very good. And so there was a lot of, like, kind of hand-wringing in also, the offseason after that. that. That Cotton Bowl, anytime you lose a conference championship game, like, you're either going to the BCS or you're not. I basically just disregard the ball totally, game after yeah. that. Like so they, I just don't care. They get back to the BCS for the first time in five years. Yep. They win their first conference in seven years. Like all of those things. Um, that's why I ultimately decided on that. I I would rather them have beaten Texas just because that game, like the snow is falling and all of those things yeah. happen, and like that game makes me angrier. It's a number to think five about. Texas team. Yes, I mean, that's like a I'm big mad run. when I think about that game still, and that game was 13 years ago. I'm not as mad about Oklahoma, but I think for the the big picture benefit of the program, I think Oklahoma is a more important game. Yeah, I think I mean I mean I think you're right. Your answer is better than mine. I like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. Oklahoma's the better one. Yeah, you're right. Uh, any uh, any other thoughts on Callahan? No, I I, I think like. 06 USC is an interesting one, um, you know, just because like it was USC. Part was the, of the, they just won the net, or they just you know lost it against Texas. Part of the reason I included the USC games was because of how they have, were the program. A, they were the program, right? It would have been like beating, honestly, it would have been like beating Alabama this year or Clemson this year. I mean, one of those teams that would have that would have been the the gist of beating USC in 2006, right? Yeah. So that's huge. The other thing is. Because Callahan relied so heavily on recruiting out of California, that would have been. I feel like one of those wins would have been huge. That would have been really nice. They loved the West Coast. They got us so many of those guys from Arizona. They, they recruited California. Dudes. Yeah, that's an interesting I mean, idea. Even Sue is from Oregon. You know, I think a lot of. I think that would have helped a lot in recruiting, not just with the psyche of the actual team. So that yeah. was part of the reason I included USC. But you're right. Your Oklahoma 2006 is a better answer. <laughs> Thanks. So. Josh wins that round. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's Bo. let's move on to Bo. Now, before we get into Bo, I need to ask: Are you a Bo truther or are you Bo truther? I mean, are you like, like my Sindelar? Yeah, are you Sindelar? Hell no. Okay, that's a <laughs> I wanted him. All right, I I uh, I started wanting him fired after they lost to Wisconsin in 2011. I was an early, early, early Bo, adopter, early adopter of Bo getting fired, which I think is going to make my interesting a little bit interesting for you. So let's. I, why? Why were you like? And I, I'm not saying I disagree, but why were you such an early adopter on on being out on? Bo? Well, I had heard the the Cornhusker Hotel basement story where he accosted a fan. I had heard that um, sure. before 2011, so I I knew about that before. You know, not to brag, I knew about that before a lot of people. Look did. at this inside golf, inside yeah. knowledge guy. So I knew I knew that. Um, I I I thought that it was weird that like look, 2010 is his best team. And they lost four games. Yeah. And so that gave me a lot of pause that offseason. I didn't like the moves that he made with assistants, um, that he wouldn't get rid of guys. I, I just That were clearly really bad at their job. Yes. Um, and then he hired. Think, just, you know, let's all think of what I just said and just remember that. Um, <laughs> then he started hiring golf pros and yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so I just, I didn't like, I didn't like how he handled his assistants. Sure. Um, the 2010 season was very, very confusing because they're loaded and they still lose four games. It was a joke. Um, and so. And and I thought, and part of this might be a little hindsight because it was more by the end of eleven that I was really out on him. It's like he's known for defense, and he gives up forty plus to Wisconsin, sure. forty plus to Michigan. They lose that game as like a seventeen point favorite against Northwestern, and then they lost the bowl game by double digits. And so by the end of it, I was just really sick of like this defense guy not recruiting very well, having a poor defense by the end of the season. So that's why I was out on Bo, you know, an early out on Bo adopter. So I agree with you. Mm -hmm. uh, 
for me, it was just you when you would watch him coach, when you'd watch his teams, it just felt like, especially probably by about, like you said, 2011, 2012. Certainly by 12. You're just like, oh, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. And now you look at the records, and in hindsight, it's like, oh, that's a tough firing. It's funny. Oh, yeah. In hindsight, <laughs> now the Bo Leavers have to just be like, see, see, Josh, yeah. you idiot. Because you're looking at, okay, 9, 10, 10, 9, 10, 9, 9. Those are the wins. For, yeah, those are the wins for Pelini, and I think most people would sell their soul for that at in a heartbeat at this point for seven years of that run. But at the time, we are only when he starts seven years removed from a national championship appearance. Yep, nine years removed from a conference title. Yeah, you really the expectations were different. They were. I mean, essentially, you're adding now a decade on since then, and so it, the longer this stuff gets in the rear view. Really, Bo Bo's era. If you just look at the records, obviously they've aged great in hindsight. Yes, you know, but in the moment it was frustrating. Have to remember in the moment how, first of all, how big of a d bag he was. That <laughs> I mean, yeah. that matters. Yeah, and also margin of victory. Margin of victory. The fact that he never, especially in the last few years, never beat anyone good. Yeah, he beat all the crap teams on his schedule. Which yeah. okay, at this point you would take beating the crap teams on your schedule, but yeah, for sure. He got killed by every decent team he ever played. And and some bad ones, too. And some of the bad ones. And then also, he was embarrassing for the program. Yeah. His 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 demeanor, his actions, his attitude was embarrassing for the program. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to see where you were on both. Real quick, I, I, I had remembered tweeting with people and, and talking about this, and so I just really did a, I just did a quick Twitter search. And so going into the 2014 season, Nebraska's last 13 losses, they were by these scores, 21-13-11-20-14-39-25-6-17-28-3-31-12. So 13 losses, 11 of them were, were by at least 11 points. And there was a 20 in there, a 39, a 28, a 31. So like, they, they weren't losing. They were getting, they were getting killed. Yeah. yeah, in every single game. They were. Yeah. Um, so we were both out on bow, but, and again, I think recruiting ended up being a huge issue for Bo. Oh, yeah. Because he didn't really like to do it. No. Um, I mean, they, they had a Heisman Trophy candidate on the defensive line, and they never were able to build that into anything. Anything. They, anything. they weren't able to get yeah. any more yeah. defensive linemen. All, all five anything. guys that they signed in the class after that, um, all of them flamed out. They, they either didn't finish their career at Nebraska, or they just were horrible. Just bad. They never contributed. Um, and so, and it was, he had a bizarrely, he had a bizarre inability for being a defensive guy to identify defensive talent. Yeah. Which is strange. Yeah. That's and I a, just, I've always hated like, oh, well, they went to the Big Ten and so it was tougher. It's like, well, you know, he had years to figure it out. You know, he could, he has time. Like, get yeah, it done. Yeah. He, it's not like he got fired the year after. He, he played four years in the, or he got four years in the Big Ten. Yeah. Which, by the way, was more time than he had in the Big 12. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. just remember that. Yeah. All right. So on to the games that okay. I think were, which for me, all of the, I, I have three here. Okay. I have two. And I imagine one of them we're going to for sure agree on. And all of mine are in the Big 12. Or, yeah, in the Big 12. Oh, okay. So one of mine is and one of mine's in the Big 10. Okay. So the first one is the obvious one for me, Texas 2009 Big 12 championship. That's my honorable mention. I decided not to choose that, um, mainly just because I figured you would and I wanted something a little bit different sure. here. And it's the easiest pick. The argument here is really simple. You win a Big 12 championship. Yep. Obviously, if the clock operator is a little more friendly, then you win the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Sue was dominant. Yeah. Uh, you keep Texas out of the national title game. It changes so much. And not only that, but I think... They probably play Iowa in a bowl game. 
which would have been awesome. Yeah. Do they leave? Do they leave? The I was conference? like, do they leave the conference if that doesn't happen? Yeah. Do um, and, and again, I'm going to go back to recruiting on this. If you've got a championship, even if you're bad at recruiting, it becomes easier. Yep. Right. Yep. And if you're in the BCS, that becomes easier. Yep. Even if you're bad at it. Yep. Right. More people are just inherently interested in your program. Yep. And so that's a big one for me. What's the one that you had? Um. So the one I picked. Yeah. So I went with the 2012 Big Ten Championship game, and here's Ooh. why. And and I, you know, I, I just kind of explained obviously how I felt about Bo. I wanted him fired going into into 2012. So I decided to stay away from the obvious 2009 Big 12 title game. And I wonder if you have this one because I also considered it the 2010 Big 12 championship against Oklahoma. Game. Yep, I do. That's what um, I but. So I went to year five. By this point, as we just mentioned, he had worn thin on people. Um, I was arguing for him to be hired. But in that game, I remember going into that game, and I went there. I went there. But I remember my mindset in you that went game. To Indy for that one? I went to Indy, which um, <laughs> that's a that's a rough drive. Back. It was it was the epitome. <laughs> and I've said I don't know how many times I've said this for uh, road trips for Nebraska. Everything was fun except for the game. I had a blast in Indianapolis. <laughs> I got so drunk. Indianapolis is actually a pretty fun city. It's awesome, and everything yeah. is so close to 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 walk. But I remember th- my mindset in that game was look. I don't like Bo. A lot of my friends didn't like Bo. And Wisconsin technically was the third place team in that yeah. division. Behind Ohio State, who had a Ohio bullpen, State were both on were both probation. on probation, yeah. But in that That was a moment, seven and six Wisconsin team, I believe. Seven and five going seven into and that five. game. Yeah, yeah, they finished eight and six on the year because they lose in the Rose Bowl. Yep. But at this point, it's a thirteen year drought. And I remember thinking, like, look, I can have all these issues with Bo, but they've just won six games in a row. And if they can win this, like it, maybe it changes things, and maybe 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 things are a little bit better. And they move to eleven and two, and they go to a Rose Bowl, and they they have a chance to beat a Stanford team that I thought was fine, but not super duper great. But the other fun thing, Ravi, about this game, and if you say this one in Nebraska wins, Bo might actually get hired by Arkansas instead of Bielema, and so it might end up being like a positive <laughs> because instead of like having to fire him and pissing off half of the fan base, yeah. Instead, he gets he leaves, he and then everyone's just mad at him. Leaves by choice. Yeah, so that's that's why that's I that's a that's a fun one. Yeah, that's why I picked that one. But it, once again, another defining: if they win it, they win the conference um, type moment. And I wanted to go. I just wanted to go with the less obvious. But I'm curious. So you have Texas and Oklahoma. What's the other one you have? So let's talk about the Oklahoma one real quick. Okay, I was also at that game. Very the, depressing. You need to stop going to championship games, my guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, luckily they haven't been to one in seven years. No longer a problem. Um, so here's, uh, I've got that Oklahoma 2010 Big 12 championship game because for many of the same reasons that I have the Texas one in terms, I think it changes recruiting. I yep. think they maybe don't leave the conference. I think a lot of those things. Well, if they Oklahoma, they'd already they'd already announced. Yeah, had they uh, in 2010? Yes, oh yeah, that was, their last the year. that was their last year. But You're they right. go out with the middle finger to the conference. Yeah, right. They they flip the bird to the conference. They win basically the last Big 12 conference ever because. It's Big Twelve Ten now, yeah. um, but they're up seventeen nothing in that game. They're they up are. seventeen to nothing on Oklahoma, and they had a chance. They were driving down to to, to score, score again. again. They were going to be up twenty four nothing. Yeah, Martinez threw a pick. Shocking. So, um, very unfair. <laughs> and then they end up losing that game twenty three to twenty. After being up seventeen nothing, they only score oh three points in the rest of the game. They get shut out in the second half. That is a. To me, that's a huge moment for them. That one might be more dramatically deflating than the 2009 one because Texas yeah, was went. Texas was better than Nebraska in 2009. Totally. Nebraska was better than Oklahoma, though. Nebraska was either 
or I, equal at that's worst. The thing. I think they were much closer to equal, and they were up 17 nothing. Yeah. I mean, not, if you're equal and then you're spotted 17 points, you should never lose that game. Yeah, totally. Um, the other one for me is Texas in 2010. See, I was I, I thought about that. I didn't write it down, but it's a great it's a great. That's the idea. red out around the world game, right? Yeah, where yeah. that's the Cornhusker Hotel game. That's where that's where Nebraska puts everything all off season into this game, which is weird, by the way, because it was played in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. They released a hype video in like July. Yeah, that's strange. Oh yeah, they put they put all of their you know, we mentioned USC earlier and putting eggs in a basket. They did that to a, a higher degree versus and Texas. To my, I believe, to oh. a more. I was at that game, by the way. <laughs> Stop going to games, Josh. <laughs> to m- I'll be at Iowa later this month. Oh yikes! Yeah. Um, <laughs> to in my estimation, they to a more damaging degree, they put everything in that basket because this game is in Memorial Stadium. Yep. Their number f- Nebraska is number five in the country. Yeah, people forget they're a top five team at the time. And Texas is bad. Yeah, that Texas had lost to Iowa State. This was a bad Texas team. They yeah. end up I think they finished like seven and six or something. They're a bad No, they finished five and seven. Five and seven. They're it's oh, a bad it's a horrible this Texas team. This is a team. bad, bad Texas horrible. team. Horrible. Yeah. They had Colt McCoy's gone. This is a bad Texas team. Nebraska had no business losing to this team. No. And it wasn't even as close as the twenty to thirteen score. No, Eric Eric Hay gets a punt return for a touchdown with late. like three minutes to yeah, go. Yeah, to even make it. Yeah, it was twenty to six. Sort of respectable. Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible game. I yelled at one point so loud and angrily I hurt my shoulder. <laughs> I had like the best seats. I, I was the lowest I'd ever been in the student it's section. Like I was the in row most five. Old man thing. Ever oh, ever. I, I yelled. <laughs> yeah, I uh, that game that game makes me so mad to think about. Just I mean, just shitting all over themselves. And in my. In my opinion, I think that has a dramatic effect on the psyche of that team moving forward and their inability to perform in big games throughout the rest of his tenure. Well, so if you look at that game, they're uh, they're five and zero going into it, yeah, and and so they start five and zero. They finish that season five and four, yeah, is is what happens. Yeah. Starting that game, they only go five and four over the rest of the season. Yeah, they they completely just I mean they pooped all over themselves. Yeah, they wet the, the rest bed. of the season. The, they did. The rest they absolutely of the did. Yeah, and and basically in every big game since then. No, yeah, that's like kind of the beginning of, I mean, really, it, it's such a crazy dividing line of, you look at the first two and a half years under Bo, and you had all this goodwill, yeah. and that is really the beginning of things starting to change. I mean, in the morning, something happens in the basement of a hotel, they go out and lose, and, and it really is just the beginning, the next year, the audio tape happens, just, you know, with Ohio State, that's not released, of course, for a couple of years, yeah. but like, it really is just this weird, like, you look at everything pre that and post that, and, and nothing was the ever the same. The beginning of the end for Bo Pliny. Yep. And so you wonder if that game switches, if that game flips, if things change for his tenure there. Um, but yeah, those were the three that I had for Pelini because out of as much as I don't like him, and we established that at the top here, yeah. I think he had the most opportunities and the most likelihood to succeed. Totally. Out of Solich, out of Solich, Callahan, Riley and Pelini. I think Pelini had the best chance to succeed. Yeah, because he came in with maybe the most outs- cachet. Maybe outside of Solich, because if Solich just doesn't run the thing off the road, he's fine because it was already rolling and he wasn't able to keep the, the car on the road. Yeah. But in terms of doing it with your own guys and, and being able to really just steer the program back, 
he had the best chance for success. And and not to mention, like, of the coaches post-Solich, like, he came in with the most, like, support. Callahan and Riley, when they got hired, there was – people were mad about it. Yeah. Bo, for the most part, he had, like, a 90-some-odd re- approval rating yeah. around here. And well, so, so he, he had, like, everybody moving together with him, you well, know? Well, he had that incredibly successful defensive 03. coordinator run in 03. Yep. And he's literally coming off a national title as a defensive coordinator when he gets hired. Exactly. Which is – it would have been essentially very similar to hiring Bob Stoops in ninety in ninety eight. Yeah, it, you've been you. It's a very similar vibe there in terms of the quality of guy that they were getting. He was the hot coordinator at the time. He was the hot you know offensive or defensive coordinator in college football. And and plus two like. Rob, he got off to like that great start. Yeah, you know, he had the 08 season. You know, it's the same roster basically. Or immediately turns it around, and they turn it around. They go nine and four, and then the next year, the, you know, the, I mean, like the Virginia Tech loss is brutal. Texas Tech is so head scratching, and Iowa State is just dumb. But they still have a chance to win the conference. They have a Heisman Trophy candidate, yeah. and then they kick the crap out of Arizona in the bowl game. Like he had so much, especially support. after that Arizona bowl game. Oh man, it felt like okay, this thing is going. Yeah, we are on the and right they got track. Got to the five and zero start. The offense is suddenly good the next You're year. You're number five in the country. Yeah, and it's funny too. Like in hindsight, you know, because Taylor Martinez by the end of his career, he was so polarizing. But when he first put him out there, and they got off to that kick-ass start, especially the Thursday game, yeah. which I was at. So there you go. Props Wait, to me for win. being there. There's a uh, win. I remember leaving that, and it's like, wow, they saw something in this guy that nobody else did. Yeah. What what a staff to identify this talented sure. player. They had the best defensive backfield in the country. Yeah, I... I uh, they had I, not I, like, only, I like that Texas pick. That's a good one. They had not only Sue, they had Jared Crick on that team as well. Who Jared Crick, Crick was NFL offense or NFL defensive Dude, lineman. It's loaded. It's I a mean, loaded and, and Levante David's on the roster. Yeah. You know, the, I mean the defensive backfield in ten is just stupid. Hey, Gomes, Prince, Dennard, yeah. you know, and then you th- you go down and you have Levante, and then you go down on the defensive line, and like you said, you have Crick. It, that team and they lost four games. <laughs> I'm, a- I'm angry again, Robbie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to trigger you. Yeah. That's my bad. Very unfair. Uh, <laughs> all right. So even as much as we hated Bo, we both agree he had ample opportunity yeah. to actually be really successful here. Wasn't able to take it. I mean, think about the fact, too. One more thing. I picked a game in his fifth year. You know, Solich, we agreed, was year two. Um, Callahan, you had a year three or a year four. Um, we're going to get to these other coaches like Bo's. He still had chances later in his yes. career to turn the narrative, and he just never was able Couldn't to do, do it. So, yeah. All right. Oh, here we go. Let's move on to Grandpa Mike, mm-hmm. Mike Riley. How many did you have for him? Uh, just one. Okay. I have, I ended up writing down two. I'm sure we're going to agree. I thought this one was a lot harder. <laughs> Oh, really? See, for me, the one that changes everything mm-hmm. th- for him was the easiest. It was hard for me to find an honorable mention, but it was the picking one was super easy. I thought the one was pretty easy, but it was there wasn't a lot after that for me. That it was pretty much like, oh, if that was the one. Okay. Um, we we probably agree, right? And I don't know. I've got Wisconsin twenty sixteen. Yes. Okay. So. They're seven and zero in that game. They're going seven. In. They're seven and zero. They lose that game twenty three to seventeen overtime. And they had a great comeback in the fourth quarter. They did. They get some turnovers. They were down by ten. They and they just couldn't do it. And yeah. that that to me again, the seven and zero was probably a little inflated. Totally. Yeah. It was a they they beat a ranked a Oregon team and then Oregon turned horrible and then yeah all their other wins aren't aren't that impressive. You could argue it's a lot like the Minnesota eight zero this year. Yeah. But Nebraska was seventh in the country. Yep. Wisconsin was number eleven. Yep. 
So good matchup, good game. But Nebraska's a top 10 team. Nebraska was a top 10 team under Mike, Mike Riley. Riley. Yeah. Just let that sink in for a minute. Yeah. This is his second year. He only had three, so we couldn't pick too late of a one. No, yeah, Mike there's Riley. nothing the following year that you can point to because um, the bottom falls out so fast. But if he wins this game, they go to 8 0. They probably still lose to Ohio State, but I would guess not by 62 to 3. That's, that's which is exactly imp- what I wrote down. Which is important. But you know what's most important is they win the West. They would have won the West. Because Wisconsin won it with a record of 7-2, and two, and if, if Nebraska wins this game and everything else unfolds the same way where they beat Minnesota and Maryland but they lose to Ohio State and Iowa, even if that happens, they, they have finish, the tiebreaker. They, exactly. They finish 7-2, and two, and so they win They win the division, and then they go play Penn State in the Big Ten Championship game, which they probably don't. They probably would have lost. They probably do, but they're, they're still like in the conference title game for the first time since 2012. It, just, it changes... A decent amount, but I agree with you. It's like the hard part about this one, Robbie, is they're seven and zero in that game, and after that, Mike Riley went six and fourteen at yeah. Nebraska. So like, the, uh, the next season is so bad, but it, it so that's why it's like it kind of only has to be the only choice. I think one of the positives is like the boogeyman of of Wisconsin is kind of gone. Yes, like, that at that's least a huge. In one moment. That's yeah. a huge positive. Yeah. I argue that you don't get blown out by Ohio State, at least not to the same effect. I would argue you probably don't get blown out by Iowa to the same effect. I think it kind of changes the psyche of that team. Yeah. The problem with the problem with Mike Riley is I just don't think he was very good, and so I don't think. Yeah. It didn't seem. It didn't seem like there was ever really going to be. I mean, it, it seems a lot less likely that he would have been able to turn it around. In, in in the previous three coaches, Frank, Bill, and Bo, I think we found moments that really it could change things for the better for the program moving forward. Like even if I I have issues with Bo and, and Callahan and Frank, all of them. But I, I find these moments with each of them where if they win that game, I really do think that it could have fixed the program for the better moving forward. I don't think that about the Wisconsin game. If no. they win that game, it doesn't change a whole lot for me. No. That's why I threw – so here's my honorable mention. Yeah. The first game he ever coached, BYU. Because Oof, they lose I, on the Hail Mary. They lose on the Hail Mary. And, and once again, this is not to say if they win that game that they're going to go on and win the division or anything like that. But they lost that game in heartbreaking fashion, and it it really was the beginning of them losing. I added it up the other day because I was having a conversation with a listener. They started three and five in his first season, sure. and they lost those five games by a combined thirteen points. Like that's brutal. Know, it's brutal, and yeah. I, it was a team that just could not close. And they were they were leading at various points. They were leading against BYU. They tied the game against Miami. They were leading the game against Illinois. They were leading the game against Wisconsin. And then I'm forgetting one of those. What was the other? That's four. Uh, Northwestern? Northwestern. Was that in that first eight games? It was, yeah. And they were, I don't think they ever led in that game, but, but it was they lost 30 to 28. So they, lo- they were leading in four of those games, or three of those games, um, at various points, and they lost them all. So I, I've always just wondered, like, if they knocked down that pass, like, People kind of forget they were down against BYU. They came back. Yeah. They had great second half yeah. adjustments. So I just wonder if they win that game. It look Riley had a lot of issues totally, you know, and that's obvious. But I have always just wondered like if they win that game, they probably go to a bowl game and and maybe they don't melt down because I think that 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 psyche of the team was so poor that they were almost looking for reasons to not think Riley was the right guy. And, yeah. of course, the, uh, they ended up being right about it. But I've always just wondered, like, if they would have won that game, what did it mean? Because, look, the following year they win a ton of close games. And it, it was just like they kept gaining confidence. Win a ton of close games. And the big X factor for me with Riley is because of how good the staff appeared to be at recruiting – if they win just a little bit more, do they get better players? Are they on a different level in terms of just talent? Yeah, you know, do they go from those, you know, 
high three, low four-star guys to the high four, maybe a handful of five-star guys. You know, if that switches just a little bit, if you get one division title in there, yeah. you know, if that changes just a little, if he's go instead of going six and seven and then nine and four, what if he goes, you know, nine and four and nine and four? Exactly. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, maybe this is working. And plus people aren't doubting it maybe as much as they would sure. have been. You know, and There's, that was the thing, like immediately – the doubt crept in yes. because Nebraska hadn't lost a season opening game since the eighties. Sure. You know, it's like all of all of the bad and all of the people that wanted Bo, they they had immediate they had red meat. Firepower oh, totally. immediately. Yeah. I mean, there was a guy who called into Bigger to Reaction that night. I wasn't there, and he called me out for an opinion that I had. Like people <laughs> people were pissed. They were so and they were more mad at us than they were even the team. That's because that was one of the weird and this is where Sindelar was on Bo is People genuinely believe the media got Bo fired. And that's a weird take to me. It's very strange, yeah. Because if Bo wasn't going around dropping the C word on people and, you know... Yelling at random fans. Swearing out the fans individually and the fan base in general, there's nothing to, there's nothing to latch on to, right? Yeah. If he's not being a complete psychopath, there's nothing to latch on to. Exactly. If he's not, you know, throwing his hat basically at referees and looking and looking like he's going to choke out his quarterback, there's nothing to latch on to. If he just loses, but he loses, you know, and he's looking With like, any like frost. any sort of dignity. Like, yeah. listen, I get that you're going to yell at people, you're going to shout, whatever. Yeah. That's part of coaching. But if you lose with any sh- sort of anything that resembles composure, you're still here probably. Yeah. And so that's always the weird thing for me with Bo was just – People legitimately believe the media got him fired. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I, I never had to deal with him. So that's the funny part, too. It's like, I'm not, I wasn't having conversations with him. I wasn't asking him questions yeah. or getting yelled at. I just, you know, I, I didn't think that he was the right coach for Nebraska for a lot of reasons. And I, look, I understand that they've had bad seasons since he got fired. Um, I still, I still don't think that he was the right guy for Nebraska. It's no. just that they've obviously been bad since. I think he may have kept them over a certain level just because of the way he, I guess, had like a Stockholm syndrome effect on the locker room where he got everybody to buy in against an us against the world kind yeah. of mentality. So he may have kept them above 500, but he wasn't recruiting well. He wasn't getting the players he needed. In. And I read the losses. I mean, they were losing games and by a lot of points. And they were getting killed. Yeah, they really were. So, you know, maybe he salvages some seven and fives out of some of these five and sevens, but to what end? Yeah, exactly. Right? All right. So we've done Bo. We've done Riley. Now on to the golden boy. This is weird because there's only 21 games as the as of when we're recording. This, this one I think was the hardest one for me. It was for me too. I I thought about it. I thought about. It, I thought about it, and I decided. I settled on the first game of his tenure, Colorado last year. We were we're we're in very similar thought. Yeah. Are you gonna say if the you're gonna the, Akron? Okay. I was gonna say. See, I thought about Akron. Yeah. I decided Colorado. So basically, we we're thinking the same thing of if they just get off to a one and zero start. What does that mean? And and all of this. And the other thing I wrote down is. And if Martinez doesn't get hurt, sure. because if he is healthy and they beat Colorado, they beat Troy. They beat Troy. They lose to Michigan. Sure, but they're just they're not as miserable, and the program has not forgotten how to win. And I just thought, you know, it was all of that stuff coupled up together, and it was just a horrific start. And so, yeah, this is hard, just because, especially this year now, because I wanted to do, I wanted to say Akron. I remember last year, Roka Gravi saying like, "Oh man, if they would have played Akron, this and this yeah. and this would have happened." Yeah. But then this year they get off to the slow start against South Alabama, and it almost makes me wonder like, there's no guarantee that they get off to a good start again against Akron. That's last true. Year. But either way, winning the first game of the season, you just wonder how much that changes. Yeah, and especially specifically 
because I think they fumbled on their first two possessions against Colorado. They were moving down the field on the first one. They and fumble. They, yeah. Colorado goes and immediately takes a 14 nothing lead. So just, you know, I'm making an assumption that they clean up some of that stuff in their first game against sure. Akron, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're not dealing with, with all the first game jitters and the first coach first coach's game jitters, all of that, in a game against a better team, Yep. right? And Colorado was actually pretty solid last year, um, at least early in the season. They weren't bad. And so for me, you get Akron, that's a win. I believe you get Colorado, then that's a win. And I believe you get Troy. I honestly think even without Martinez, if you're 2-0, and you still beat Troy. Yeah, just because they have confidence in They've themselves. got confidence. And listen, they talk so much with this staff about buy-in, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're 3-0 and or even 2-0, and that's a much different buy-in than if you're 0-2 or if you're 0-6. Yeah. Right? They end up going 0-6. Part of the reason buy-in has been such an issue is because there's literally zero proof of concept. Exactly. It's like it's like kind of what I said with Riley in that, that BYU game. You know, there's the proof of concept if you beat them yeah. because it's like, oh, we won a close game and look at the staff, put us in good positions, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And yeah, you're right. Getting off to the 0-6 start, even though they did turn it around, you look at it and you say, wow, all we're getting... It's like pr- maybe you know. you're weeding out some bad guys, sure. Yeah. But also, I, I get it. If you're on that team... And the coaching staff is, is drilling into you, and you're practicing harder than you've ever practiced before, and you're working out harder than you've ever worked out before, yeah. and you're still not winning games. I understand the doubt. Totally. Because they're obviously preaching, hey, if you do these things, we will win. If you do these things, we will be champions. If you do these things, we're asking, we'll get to where we want to go. Yeah. And it's like, we'll prove it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think if you get off to a 3 0 start instead of an 0 2 start, the proof or an 0 is 0 start. You at least have a little bit of tangible, yeah, like something to hold on to, right? Yeah, you probably make a bowl game, and in, in, in all all of you the, you probably make a bowl. It's just a confident program. Yeah. Did you have a Did you have a uh, honorable mention? I really didn't. Did you? I wrote down Ohio State last year, just because. Sure. If they win that game, that's a big win. Yeah, and they go into Iowa with a five and six record, you know, and and like, and if you're one game away from. If yeah. you're one game away from making a bowl game, maybe yeah. that goes a little differently. It's the biggest win since the Michigan State game in 2015. Like it, it, you know, and it's the biggest road win the program has had in decades. Sure, you know, so I, I wrote down that one um, just because, like, oh, maybe they end up making a bowl game in year one. Yeah, I don't know if that changes the trajectory that we're seeing at all. Probably not, especially because what's going on this year. Yeah, and that's the thing. If we, it's funny, if we did this discussion, if we did this podcast in the off season. I think oh. we're so much more like higher on. Oh, for oh, sure, man. If that happens, what what would that mean? But I, we've if, seen how this season has unfolded. I, I could have picked four different games from last year if we did this in the off season. But now, in hindsight, but now it's like, well, what would it have changed? Yeah. Would it have changed anything at all? Yeah, it doesn't look as good because you see what's happening now, and you're just like, oh, this is this still is rough. Yep, this still is not great. Yeah, not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is. On that note, that's that's a <laughs> depressing note to end on. It do you, is. Do you have anything cheery to tell the folks? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I still like watching football, so that's good. It is still football season. Football is still fun. Yeah, despite what's happening in Lincoln. Uh huh. Um, I I think Cowboys are five and three. No one cares. Oh, okay. Thanks, Robbie. I appreciate it. My gambling is horrible. The 49ers are 8-0. Yeah. 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 There you go. Congrats. See? Look at you. Look at Jimmy Your G. Your Warriors suck. They're bad. <laughs> Listen, we're going to get a lottery pick, though. We're going to trade. Although, if they if they draft the same way they did when getting Jordan Poole, I'm not sure if a lottery pick's any yeah. better. Yeah. Well, good luck. Oh, gosh. Now I'm sad. No. So, I think the the I'm going to try and put a silver lining on this. Okay. Right, I'm going to do my best here. 
I think the point is, even if Frost isn't the perfect fit that everyone thought he was, I think we've shown that there's moments throughout most coaches' careers where they have an opportunity to turn it around Yep. and to be successful moving forward. I don't know, and I think the struggle finding one for Frost is maybe we haven't had that moment yet. Maybe we haven't had his sliding door moment yet. But the yeah, the team's the just been too bad. Positive takeaway is that most coaches have a moment if they're not just awful coaches. And I don't think he's an awful coach. I don't think Frost is an awful coach. I think most coaches have a moment where they have an opportunity to turn things around and start moving forward. I don't think that's happened yet for Nebraska. I don't think it's happened yet for Frost. I think that's still out there. Yeah, I would agree. If it's not, then Oof. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up on that. Josh, thank you so much for joining me. Dude, thanks for having me. This I thought this fun. was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a little more painful than I was expecting. <laughs> Especially by the end. It's, it, the, the, the further it got, we got, the sadder we got. It got real dark. It really did. It was all fun and games when we're talking about Frankie and Billy C. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys can always listen to Josh on the program. Thank you. 1620 The Zone, 2 to 6, weekdays. Occasionally, I make an appearance there as well. You do. We're getting into it's Ravi season now, man. You're like taking over the world. You got the Creighton <laughs> Athletics Hour. You got Blue Jay Shoot Around, and right. John will be traveling, and so you will be a regular fill in on the uh, on the Grum movie. On forward. the Grum, and I might even get some because Gary fills in for you or does UNO play yeah, by play. So I might even was talking to George. Might be getting some midday there slots as go. well. You're taking over, man. Watch it's, it's out, Ravi season. They're gonna put my name on the door here pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Give you a desk. <laughs> All right, Josh. Thanks for joining me, all you fine folks. Thanks for joining me as well. You can always find us, Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula, on your podcast platform of choice. On Facebook is also Heavy Lifting with Ravi Lula. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at R.A. Lula. You can find Josh at Josh Tweederson. Yes. That's a play on your last name. It is. It is. It's funny. Thank you. I stole it from a... uh uh, a woman who who went to my high school, so she was a girl at the time. You know, I just want to say the proper nomenclature. And her <laughs> last name is Peterson, or was. She's married yeah. now. And so I was like, that's kind of funny. Is it girly? And so I changed it, and I got made fun of it. Now it's a part of me, so I will never yeah, change it. Yeah, I don't think life. it's girly. Yeah. I mean, it's Twitter, Twitter. Also, it's 2019. Let's stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke 2012 version of me. <laughs> Come on, man. What are you doing? All right. With that, we'll wrap up. Stay woke, folks.